Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter in the co-host chair. I didn't say guest because it's not guest. It's the co-host chair. It's Colin Brewster and two guests today on Talk of Champions. Got Ben Love. He covers Louisiana Lafayette down in Lafayette, Louisiana. To come on and talk a little Billy Napier as well as C.J. Johnson. I know we had C.J. on for the Egg Bowl show last week, but Lane Kiffin momentum is starting to build in this search. And C.J. was formerly on the staff of Lane Kiffin. And everybody likes to hear from C.J. If I brought him on every week, y'all probably like to hear from him. He's the best. <laughs> And he's coming up in just a little bit on the Modern Woodman phone line. But first, Colin, what's up, man? How you doing? So I have a question. All right. Okay. You've got two kids. When do you get more sleep? Coaching searches or when you have a newborn? Oh, newborn. Really? Yeah, because the mama does most of the work for that. Fair enough. Yeah. There's uh, only so much you can do with a newborn being the dad. You just have to be on call in supporting your wife or significant other when you have a child, a newborn. So you're not sleeping much nowadays. No, I went to bed at 4 a.m. two nights ago, and last night, Tuesday night, as we're recording on this Wednesday, I went to bed at 2. And tonight, we're late recording talk of champions. Probably won't go to bed, so eh, one or two, maybe three. One thing, you're, uh, you're still young at heart. Not really, no. <laughs> I mean, you can stay up to those hours, man. I will say I did feel a little young and that I got a little bit of a break. Before we recorded talk of champions, I spent an hour Sitting in my den, just playing NBA 2K. It was wonderful. There you go. Yeah. Dropped you 29 go. and a loss to the Orlando Magic. You're doing my player? Of course. Where are we playing? Oh, come on. I'm a Grizzly. Okay. I didn't know if you got to pick your team. I haven't, I haven't gotten the new one yet. You get to pick your teams that you would want to be drafted by, and you always get drafted by the first team you pick, and I picked the Grizzlies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. All We're right. losing a lot. We got a nice young team, but once they put me in the starting lineup, boy, we're not going <laughs> to slow down. It's going to be a championship roster. Ben, Ja, and uh, JJJ. I'll be the new Luca. I drop dimes. Dead-eye three-point shooter. That's exactly the t- – because you, you still get to pick, like, the type of player. That's exactly what you want to be. Yeah. That's the most fun. I run around like Marshall Henderson and wait for somebody to kick me the ball so I can shoot a corner three. And you don't guard anybody. Well, I'm a good defensive player. Don't get it twisted. I value defense. <laughs> Marshall didn't really value defense, but friend of the program, Marshall Henderson – he was a gunner. I'm not a straight gunner. I'm Luca. That's what I'm going for. There we go. Can't really handle the ball like Luca, though, so not a great comparison. Going to have Ben Love up first to talk a little Billy Napier on the Modern Women phone line, and then C.J. Johnson to talk about Lane Kiffin. Here's where the coaching search stands. The job is Mike Norvell's if he wants it. The question right now is whether or not there is a handshake agreement between Mike Norvell and Florida State. Let's assume that he does have that handshake agreement with Florida State. That means Ole Miss will have to pivot. I was under the impression from sources I talked to in and around the program that they would immediately pivot to Billy Napier and make the hire quickly. Now I think it's a little bit more cloudy only because they would pivot to Billy Napier or Lane Kiffin. And the question becomes the risk factor. But I don't think Keith is going to get too far down in the mud about the risk of Lane Kiffin. Keith Carter and Glenn Boyce heard you, the Ole Miss fan, of a removal of Matt Luke as Ole Miss head coach. 
And I don't think that they're ignoring overall fan sentiment in regards to Lane Kiffin. Now, you don't let fans decide who your head coach no. is, but you certainly take it into account to at least some degree. And I think that's happened with Lane. I couldn't get anything concrete on Lane Kiffin until Tuesday when I put up very early on Tuesday. There is interest. Keith Carter has been in communication with his representation. The first couple of days of this search, I wasn't getting that sense. I was getting the sense that Lane Kiffin wasn't involved at all. But no, there have been discussions. And it's interesting. He would be a fun fit. I think while Billy Napier's floor is higher, his ceiling is lower than Lane Kiffin. But Lane Kiffin's floor is so much lower than Billy Napier if it goes bad. If it goes bad, we're talking disastrous. But if you're Ole Miss, I mean, good grief. You've been doing the same thing over and over and over. You can take a chance. At worst, you're going to be in the same place in three years. So I get why fans are all aboard the Lane train. Where are you on this? I'm on the train. But at this point, Ben, you you just went four and eight. You you just lost the football game because your wide receiver dog peed in the end zone, coming off Hugh Freeze calling uh, escorts on his university phone. How much more disastrous can this get? What can Lane Kiffin do that embarrasses this place anymore? I, risk shouldn't be involved there. Like I don't think that 44-year-old Lane Kiffin either is the same as 34-year-old Lane Kiffin. I think these, these are two different people. I think you look down in Baton Rouge, people grow up and people change and, and become better versions of themselves. So you know way more than me on this. It feels like that if Mike Norvell takes the Florida State job, which I lean towards he probably does, Keith Carter is going to have done his homework on Lane Kiffin, and there's going to be serious discussions to be had to where he'll have to decide between Billy Napier and Lane Kiffin because Billy Napier wants this job. He prefers this job to Arkansas and Missouri. I don't know where Missouri is in its search, but Willie Fritz is going to be in there until the end. Brian Harson was an immediate name that popped up on my radar when Ole Miss moved on from Matt Luke. The longer this process goes on, the less momentum he has, and I think that has to do with a number of different reasons, not the least of which the fit as far as recruiting. I think he'd prefer at least it's been relayed to Ole Miss, and they've kind of gotten that sense that he would prefer to stay out west and get a job like at a Washington, a USC, something like that if he could get it. Um, But he's in play at Missouri. I think Missouri might go hard for him. But at the end of the day, I feel really confident saying Brian Harson's not going to be the head coach of Ole Miss. And while he was immediately uh, a top-leading candidate, because I know Keith Carter was enamored with him, just as the two sides started to kind of fill each other out, I don't think there was much of a fit there. I think the three you focus on right now, Mike Norvell, Billy Napier, and Lane Kiffin. That's the nature of coaching searches, because I was telling you about three different ones on Tuesday, but two names have remained consistent, Mike Norvell and Billy Napier. And Ben Love will come on in just a second to detail Billy Napier, but I will say, right now, this moment, if Ole Miss offered Billy Napier the job, he'd jump at it. And if you're wondering what the risk is with Lane Kiffin, it has nothing to do with perceived character flaws. That's not the issue. Those aren't the hurdles. I'm going to go ahead and spell it out a little bit. I can't get all the way into it, but Lane has kind of felt himself going to FAU. And what I mean by that is he's had no muzzle. He's trolled the NCAA, just puts on the shades and talks as much crap about everything as he wants to. He'd have to rein that in a little bit at Ole Miss, namely the poking of the NCAA. We all know what Ole Miss just came off of. He'd effectively have to become or revert back to the Alabama version of Lane Kiffin. Do your job, head down, call a great offense, win games, and recruit like hell. The other stuff, you're going to have to let that go. Get the hell off of Twitter. And I think that's something that has been relayed to Lane Kiffin's representation. Actually, I know it has, so I'm not going to beat around the bush with it. And also, it's the obvious question. Chris Kiffin, his defensive coordinator, his brother, he was named in one of Ole Miss's NOAs, so... Chris can't come back, at least not immediately, most likely. And I don't know if it's not necessarily a non-starter for Lane. He wants to hire his brother, obviously, and Chris would love to come back to Ole Miss. You have to look at what Ole Miss was dealt with and who was on staff, and I don't think Ole Miss would welcome with open arms, for example, a Chris Kiffin back who was named in an NOA, and also a Jason Jones who was fired recently by Matt Luke. There would have to be staff changes. Do I think Lane would make those staff changes? Yes, but would one of them be his brother? I doubt it. Yeah, it just feels like the Chris Kiffin's a non-starter uh, for Ole Miss. Didn't he get a show cause? Yeah, I mean, you, you can't bring the guy back that got a show cause at your university, at least right now. Not enough time has passed, so yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the biggest holdup. Obviously, you mentioned the, the trolling the NCAA thing and some of his Twitter Twitter antics. I feel like Chris is the bigger part of this, but obviously, you know, the other part matters too. And here's my thing. 
there's hurdles in every coaching search. It feels like unless you hire a guy like Billy Napier that just desperately kind of wants the job. It feels like there's things you have to address in, with every candidate, right? Of course. The deal with Chris is unique, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's only fair to say most of the stuff attributed to Chris in that NOA was complete bull crap. Yeah, it was horseshit. Well, you said it, not me. But, yeah, the whole Laramie Tunsil sleeping on his couch stuff, that was Chris Kiffin. So you can get past it. You can say it was horse crap, but in the eye of the NCAA – you're still going to have to adhere to them. What would that look like? It wouldn't be a good look. And Chris is a great no. dude. I think Chris was far and away one of the better people and coaches on that Hugh Free staff. But for Ole Miss and for the Ole Miss fan, if you get Lane Kiffin, you're going to have to accept that Chris Kiffin's probably not coming with them immediately. But he might. Keith Carter might just decide that the risk is worth it. All of it. Every bit of Lane is worth it. And I'll be honest, it'd be fun. <laughs> it'd be fun. And if you're Keith, all right, well, let's just step into his shoes for a second. You believe that Lane Kiffin is the guy to take over your football program and lead the Ole Miss Rebels to Atlanta, which I think, look, you're hiring a football coach to compete in the SEC West. If you believe that's Lane Kiffin, you're really going to get held up over his brother? If that's the guy you think that can take Ole Miss to the next level, man, you got to maybe just make some concessions, right? Yes, I agree with that. If Lane Kiffin's your guy, he's your guy, period. End of story. There was a report that came out on Tuesday from Barstool, maybe. And that's obviously a great source of information. We're chasing this kind of crap now. That Will Healy would soon be named the head coach of Ole Miss, the Charlotte head coach. Will Healy is not about to be named Ole Miss's head coach. This time next week, if it drags that far, yeah, Will Healy, he pops up. He could be a major, major candidate or the dude from Clemson. Chip Long is not going to get this job. Saturday Down South floated Larry Fedora for this job on Wednesday. I have as much of a chance of getting this job as Larry Fedora. And I love these national guys. Dropping names like Skip Holtz, Mike Leach. Who are you talking to? The three to focus on right now. Mike Norvell, obviously. Billy Napier. Lane Kiffin. But I can tell you, I saw it over the weekend. I'm seeing it again. Don't discount momentum from fans in the online community just swamping and taking over a major decision for Ole Miss football because <laughs> if you do that you're gonna look silly so if you're trying to dismiss Lane Kiffin I'm gonna tell you you could end up looking dumb yeah yeah I completely agreed and I got a feeling that uh Keith Carter's email inbox is is filled with positivity towards Lane Kiffin to keep it light um so yeah I mean look we saw it this weekend and look did they make a decision based off of Twitter and emails about Matt Luke? No. no, but I don't think that they dismissed it either. They saw those emails. They saw those Twitter mentions. And I do think that played into some where he talked about the apathy that, that it displayed, that was displayed towards the program. Keith Carter has engaged and had discussions with Lane Kiffin. He's on the board, now back on the hot board. He's there. Removing Willie Fritz, a couple of other guys. Justin Fuente, I never put him on the board, but I know for a fact he was never interested. A lot of different names that might have been floated out there. Sonny Dykes is off the board. I never put Skip Holtz on there. I will never put Skip Holtz on an Ole Miss hot board ever again, ever. I didn't put <laughs> him on this one. Hired. Yeah, yeah. He would have to be hired, and I'd have to look stupid. He never went on this hot board. Um, Sonny Dykes was just a name I heard as a potential guy that Keith might go for, but I removed him as quickly as I could. The names that are on the hot board in the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and Affiliative 247 Sports, the website that I write for, those are the names you should be most paying attention to. I might be getting close to removing Scott Satterfield, mainly because that buyout is prohibitive, but I tell you, Brian Brown, Gunnar Brewer, both on that staff, they want to be back at Ole Miss, and they would love for Scott to take this job, and Scott would be interested, but for an Ole Miss Athletics Administration that is already paying out a boatload of money, I don't think they can spend that kind of coin to buy him out and then pay him what it would cost from an average annual value standpoint with his salary to get it done. So I'm getting close to removing him too. What about Drinkwitz at, at App State? That's a name I see on Twitter. So if you, you heard anything about that, he's a candidate, but that's more exploratory than anything. I think Ole Miss is most serious with the aforementioned three, and then guys like him and Healy, dude from Clemson, Scott. Those guys are more or less the next tier of candidates that Keith would go to should he strike out on the big fish that he's trying to reel in. Here's my thing. It, when we talk about Healy and Drinkwitz and uh, you know anybody else, I guess, 
Billy Napier is not going to say no. And and if we've established that he's above Healy and Drinkwitz, like what are we even talking about at that point, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think Ole Miss is going to pull from the three that I've already talked about. And regardless of what you think of Billy Napier, Keith Carter and his search firm would consider that a big time hire. And I don't disagree with them. And I know people will roll their eyes, but I'm telling you the fit makes a hell of a lot of sense. If you're worried about a transition class, that feels like, I mean, you don't make a hire off of that, but I, I think that Billy Napier is the guy that, that does the best job in recruiting this year and gets you off to a start from that perspective. Man, I don't know. Napier, Norvell, Kiffin, all three of them would do pretty dang well. All okay. three of them would bring some momentum. You mean to tell me that Lane Kiffin, if he got hired, wouldn't immediately have some name cachet with recruits? Come on. Oh, Come it on. resonates. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to tell you this. I know this for a fact. Grant Tisdale, Matt Corral, they're both waiting around to see who Ole Miss hires. Don't be surprised, and this is well-sourced as well, if Grant Tisdale is back next year. Wow. I know he entered the portal, but don't be surprised, depending on the hire, if Grant Tisdale isn't back. There are going to be some guys that enter the portal. Elijah Moore is not taking the egg bowl well. All you people attacking this kid, or attacked this kid, and I get it, he made a really stupid mistake. These are real people, and that kid has not handled it well at all. I mean, he's shut himself down, and I don't know if he's going to be able to recover anytime soon from it. And Elijah wanted to enter the portal before the year was over with, and now that this has happened, I wouldn't be surprised if Elijah hits the portal. That kid took some unfair flack on social media Friday and Saturday. Just extremely unfair. If you know the kid, if you have a relationship with him, I'm not just talking about on Twitter. I don't care about Twitter. But if you know the kid, give him some words of encouragement. He's taking it really, really hard. He's a good kid. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And should be wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Old Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. Going to the Modern Women phone line. It's a double dip on the Modern Woman phone line. Up first is Ben Love. He covers, among other things, Louisiana Lafayette as the host of Bumper to Bumper Sports with Ben Love, Monday through Fridays, 4 to 7 p.m. on 103.7 FM KLWB in Lafayette, Louisiana. I figured at this stage in the search, might as well profile some candidates. So today it's Billy Napier, Lane Kiffin, and Ben's the best guy to do it for Billy Napier. But before we get to him, let me tell you about Impact by Ironwood and Sola. Two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolmus.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola, and the rebrand has been a roaring success. They've maintained their loyal regulars, but have also enjoyed the opportunity to earn the business of many new friends who wanted to break out of their old habits and try something new. They've broken sales records this fall and look to do the same throughout 2020, and they've accomplished this because they're all about the experience, bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. Go by and see them. You'll agree. 
So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com, S-O-L-A oxford.com, or give them a call at 662-238-3500. That's 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. They routinely post specials and pictures of their mouth-watering incredible cuisine. They're definitely worth a follow. But more importantly, they're definitely worth your business. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is Ben Love. He hosts Bumper to Bumper Sports with Ben Love Monday through Fridays, 4 to 7 p.m. on 103.7 FM in Lafayette, Louisiana. Ben's my buddy, but he's on here not to be my friend, but to inform me about Billy Napier, a strong candidate for Ole Miss's head coaching vacancy. Ben, my friend, how you doing? Hey, Ben, doing great here on uh, this side of the basin in Louisiana, but I think we're about to have a connection from my area of the neck uh, neck of the woods to yours. Yes, Billy Napier is a strong candidate, like I mentioned. Ole Miss is pursuing Mike Norvell. Lane Kiffin has gotten into this search for Ole Miss very strongly, but Billy Napier has been a consistent, constant presence. So for those Ole Miss fans who might not know about the work being done by Billy Napier down in your neck of the woods, what would be the Cliff Notes version of Billy Napier? I think the pedigree is phenomenal, right? Anytime that you're on that Nick Saban tree, uh, you've been in Alabama, you've been at Clemson with Dabo Sweeney, had an opportunity to grow as an offensive coordinator and get involved, you know, more from that side schematically with Arizona State and was immediately uh, plucked off of that tree. I would tell you that I think a lot of these young coaches, they come up as dynamite recruiters that also are masters of their position. This guy's a dynamite recruiter that mastered being the CEO, right? And so he came into this program, even as a first-time head coach, and he just installed a Saban-esque, you know, potential runaway freight train at the group of five level, the likes of which they've never seen. And some of the quality control assistance and the attention to detail that you don't always see on the group of five level, uh, he's built something here that's pretty special and that nobody before him has ever done. So I think this is a guy that is an absolute rising star. Looking at Ole Miss and the fit, If it did get to Billy Napier, if he was offered the job, and I'm told through sourcing that if offered the job, he would take it 100%. He prefers Ole Miss to Arkansas and Missouri. What do you think about Billy Napier and the marriage with Ole Miss? Do you think it'd be a good fit? Well, from a recruiting standpoint, it's a grand slam. What this guy's done in the Southeast, what he's done making inroads and, again, kind of masterminding things as the recruiter over the whole program as well. I think it's just a, a home run from that standpoint. X's and O's, this is an offensive guy. I mean, Hugh Freeze has come through the turns as I was there. Houston, uh, I mean, a lot of people that offensively, to degrees, were innovative, right, and were focused on that side of the football. Well, Billy's that kind of guy. And I also think the staff he would bring in, presuming he's stuck, Ben, with some of the guys that currently on the staff in Lafayette, it would be SEC-friendly and SEC-familiar, right? I mean, Rob Sale, a former LSU player, who's been to Georgia, uh, who's been to you know, this UL program before that Arizona State, Rob Sale comes over, uh, Jabar Jaluk, who's been on LSU's staff. And you can kind of go down the line. Ron Roberts has been a head coach at Southeastern here in Hammond. So a great staff that I think has a chance to really translate in that area as well. So I, I think that as long as defensively they can kind of cover their six a little bit, this is a pretty well-rounded staff that could join Napier. What was the state of the program when Billy got there And how has he changed the culture and turned it into what has been a tremendous year for the Cajuns down in Louisiana? I'll tell you what's just odd, right? And if you looked at it, you know, outside in, you would wonder, okay, hold on. This guy that came in prior to Napier, Hudspeth did a pretty good job. He's got a lot of Mississippi roots, speaking of recruiters in that area. But Mark Hudspeth comes in, unprecedented success for the program, four straight bowl games. They win them all nine win seasons. So what was going so wrong just because they lost a few more games, man, the culture had just absolutely gone down the toilet. And we use that word a lot, but the reality is this group internally in that locker room absolutely was something that the fan base here grew completely disillusioned with. So part of the culture, the lack of accountability in some instances, I think from Hudspeth started to turn people off. Now there was talent here, but the culture was off. And so you add that with Napier's approach Plus, they've now been the number one recruiting class in the Sun Belt 
going on two straight years. I mean, this thing had an opportunity to really catch fire quickly, and they have. And so I give the guy a lot of credit. It was okay when he got here as far as the stock covered, but the culture needed to be completely revamped. What are the challenges of coaching that particular program, and how has Billy really taken that over? You mentioned changing the culture and his style and his approach. What about his approach has worked so well, do you think? Well, brother, you've covered recruiting. I mean, not just in your home state, but you're familiar with a lot of the premier programs in Louisiana. Billy Napier is consistently getting guys from a recruiting standpoint, I mean, from those schools, right? Uh, West Monroe, Neville, some of the powerhouses in North Louisiana. They've gone down to New Orleans and the Catholic leagues down there with regularity. So, uh, you know, frankly, from a recruiting standpoint, they're going into new areas and having more success. I also think his ability to be that CEO I talked about it's evident, and I think it's huge because the defense was part of the real problem here in Lafayette, the latter part of the Hudson era. Last year, they were incredibly thin, but they built up quickly. I mean, with the JUCO, the grad transfers, the improved right out of high school recruiting, but they also brought in the guy I talked about earlier, Ron Roberts. You bring in a former head coach, a defensive guru who kind of studied under Dave Aranda. I mean, the guy absolutely has been a dynamo, so he kind of oversaw a defensive overhaul which, again, that was the biggest problem for this team that was playing that fun belt style. I mean, now they run the football, they're physical as hell, and their defense is much improved. So I think that would be kind of where I'd look and say, wow, uh, these are the challenges, and I think he answered the bell. You know about old Mrs. Personnel, John Rice Plumley, Jerry Ely. They've got talent offensively. Billy's an offensive-minded head coach, had the defensive overhaul at ULL, but when you look at him overall schematically, how would you describe him with the personnel in mind for Ole Miss should he get this job? Well, he loves the guy they've got right now, Levi Lewis, but he also knows they don't have a lot of depth behind him. And so while they have an agile dual threat quarterback, typically they don't really run him by design. I mean, if it breaks down occasionally, he'll go. But I think he doesn't like what's behind door number two. So Billy's been able to run, you know, a spread offense that is ground and pound in principle, but utilizes big receivers in space, you know, short passing game. They'll get vertical as well. But while the quarterback can be involved, like I said, in intentional runs, it's, really not this the case you know the case this year because of the personnel so again with the quarterback you've got I mean that's absolutely something I feel like he'll be able to exploit uh, he and Rob Sale who work with the offensive line very good with their concepts as well so it's not a surprise to me Ben that UL's become one of the offensive classes of the Sun Belt they've gotten more physical and they got that edge back so if you can do that and then he feels like he takes some liberties maybe running with the quarterback like you've got Ole Miss uh, it could be a different different type of thing I look at this, and regardless of whether or not he gets Ole Miss, it feels like Billy's pretty well positioned to move. Do you get that sense down there as well? Well, I know that he's not itching to get out, right? Uh, But I do think he knows the opportunity is there. So for me, the question becomes, is the opportunity this year as great or close to as great as it could be after one more year? Because just picture what the guy's done already. I mean, they went – and played in the first annual Sun Belt title game a year ago against App State. They're back in it this year, and yet they went from seven to ten regular season wins. Uh, his stock has been soaring, and for a reason. So, you know, can you climb higher? What other job comes open? Is it better than Ole Miss? My guess is probably not. I'm not sure you make too much bigger a leap uh, than going from Lafayette to Ole Miss, but I think it's a great opportunity. And, you know, for me, I think it's one of that if it's presented, he'll probably take it. I mean, even financially going from just shy of a million dollars a year, it would be a no-brainer. If you can have the control to bring the staff we talked about, again, no-brainer type of stuff there. But if he thinks he can do better, maybe he holds his cards. My guess is if he gets that opportunity, he goes now. The point I've made over and over again is, yes, there's some craziness and love for Mike Norvell. There's some lane train love and momentum from Ole Miss fans. And if it ended up being Billy Napier – there shouldn't be some type of disappointment. He might not win the press conference, but as far as fit is concerned, you can't get much better. And that might seem underwhelming to some, but that's absurd to me because if you look at the resume, as you dig into Billy Napier's resume, everything's there. He checks pretty much every single box. Yeah, except the one that people sometimes want, which is the sexy name, right? And I'm with you. I mean, I don't want to tell Ole Miss fans, the guy that LSU's got right now, it ended pretty unceremoniously the last time he was a full-time head coach. So sometimes people don't go with the name. They don't go with conventional wisdom, but you keep using that word fit. 
I think it's perfect. And Billy Napier has a chance to be a very good fit, right? An opportunity to coach at Ole Miss, a program that's had some success recently, but obviously is coming off of, I mean, everything they were pimp slapped with by the NCAA. And so really, it's not that the expectations will stay low, but you don't go in and immediately take over a job where, you know, say it's Les Miles who stepped in for Nick Saban down in this uh, this area. It's not not anything like that. And so for me, I think there's a chance that even though it's not a sexy hire, you're right, it could be a perfect fit. He's Ben Love at 1037Ben on Twitter. He's the host of Bumper to Bumper Sports with Ben Love, Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. on 103.7 FM, KLWB in Lafayette, Louisiana. He's my friend, and he came on to this show at the last minute, late at night. So for that, I thank you, and let's talk again. Anytime, bud. That was Ben Love, host of Bumper to Bumper Sports with Ben Love on 103.7 FM, KLWB in Lafayette, Louisiana. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Again, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and Cheney's Pharmacy. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe go get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern, open concept, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the Lamar Oxford MS.com. Hello at the Lamar Oxford MS.com. The Lamar is hot. The only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. At Cheney's, Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Both Colin and I agree that it's more likely than not that Mike Norvell is going to take Florida State over Ole Miss. But here's the deal. I know this for a fact because it's well-sourced. There is at least some pause for Mike Norvell when he's considering Ole Miss and Florida State because if he goes to Florida State, which we all expect him to, but there is still communication between Ole Miss and Mike Norvell. Ole Miss believes it's still very much involved. Anyway, go to Florida State and you lose – because of how Florida State is considered nationally, right? Whether it's earned or not, to be a national title contending school. The current iteration of Florida State is not that, but it still carries that name cachet, right? If he goes there and he fails spectacularly, he's done. It's not like he's going to have a full cupboard for a roster at Florida State, and you have to consider as well, they just shit can Willie Taggart after two years. And I don't think it should be lost as well. This is a long run on sentence. That like Matt Luke, there is not a ton of fan support for Mike Norvell for Florida State right now. They want Brian Kelly and James Franklin. Matt Campbell signed an extension, but before that, Matt Campbell. They want these big-name guys. For them, Mike Norvell would be a disappointment, which is crazy. But that's what it is on message boards and 
throughout the Florida State online community. You see it everywhere. Whereas at Ole Miss, he's the number one candidate. And I know, and I don't know if it matters, that his wife prefers this area to Tallahassee. I don't think it matters, but it's something. If he comes to Ole Miss, yeah, he loses. He's done just like at Florida State. But if he wins, you go win seven games at Florida State, no one thinks very highly of that, even though that would be a great, well-done job with the way Florida State is right now. But at Ole Miss, you win seven, you win eight, you win nine. He could get Florida. Hugh Freeze could have had Florida. He turned Florida down. Whatever big school comes open, you come and do that at Ole Miss, you're going to get offered that opportunity. Understand that if Ole Miss gets Mike Norvell, he won't be a lifer here. That's just the way it is. He won't be the lifer, but it doesn't matter. And I've heard that before. Somebody asked me on the message board recently. They said, Mike Norville might leave in four years. Well, that's great. That means you won enough to where he was hireable for somebody else, and you're going to be in a really good position. Look at Memphis. Ask Memphis. (laughs) I think every Ole Miss fan would take that right now. Who cares if they're a lifer? You had a lifer in the chair just a couple of days ago, and you fired him. Look, I mean, on the smaller scale, look at Arkansas State. They just kept hiring dudes that, that would leave and win and get D1 jobs. And look, they're going to leave your program better than they found it. If Mike Norvell wins enough at Ole Miss to leave to go to Ohio State, Oklahoma, USC, Oregon, whatever, I promise you he has won enough football games where you can, A, be satisfied with where your program is at, and B, hire the next Mike Norvell. The thought of them leaving would just not be something that I would ever consider. Let them get hired somewhere else. That just only raises the profile of the job you have. But the standard or the expectations are so different at Florida State right now and Ole Miss. Say he went in three years at Florida State, six and six, seven and five, eight and four. Florida Mm -hmm. State isn't going to be all that thrilled about that. They're going to have pressure on Mike Norvell to win bigger. That's not good enough. That's an unbelievable expectation for a school that's not winning anything right now. But if you do that exact same thing at Ole Miss right now, six and six, seven and five, eight and four, there are going to be some big schools coming after Mike Norvell, bigger schools than Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a big school. Let's not treat Ole Miss like it's Appalachian State here, okay? Let's not treat Ole Miss like it's Rutgers even. Ole Miss is a top 25 at least job. I'd say no lower than top 30. I could argue top 20. This is a really good job. And as far as average annual value for salary – It's higher than that. So don't sell Ole Miss short. But Mike Norvell is a career opportunist. Most every coach in the world is. Most of them are mercenaries. So if he decides after three years winning enough at Ole Miss that he could go and get another job and he leaves, so be it. I had one source tell me, Mike Norvell effectively said, if Hugh Freeze can win 10 games and go to a Sugar Bowl at Ole Miss, we can go win a national championship there. Yeah, I've heard that. He thinks, and I don't disagree with him that he's a better football coach than Hugh Freeze. He does. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and look, man, like I said on Tuesday's show, Hugh Freeze wasn't exactly efficient, didn't have a great staff. Mike Norvell seems to believe in his current staff, and he hires good football coaches. That, that's a theme of his. He hires guys that get you know uh, higher-level higher jobs consistently as assistant coaches for him. You look at Chip Long at, at uh, Notre Dame, and you look at a, a guy that played at Ole Miss, uh, Marcus Woodson. Uh, at Auburn, I mean, you, you, you got guys that you know coach for him that are getting power five jobs all the time. So, yeah, I, I'm completely with you. I, I think that uh, you know there, there's two different expectations at Florida State and Ole Miss. And but it, what's kind of funny is the rosters are kind of in the same position, right? So one has a lot higher expectations for their current you know roster than Ole Miss has for theirs, and the talent level is not all that much different. Having said all that, I still, as of today, expect him to pick Florida State over Ole Miss if he does have that option. And if that does happen, it's Billy Napier or Lane Kiffin as of this Thursday as you're listening. There are conflicting interests that are making that decision at Arkansas because I think one segment really wants Lane and one vehemently doesn't. And there's infighting. Arkansas should be filled by now. That should be done. Yeah. There'll be clarity after Saturday for most all of these jobs because all of these guys are coaching in games on Saturday. To that end, feels like Arkansas should be filled. It should be done. Let me ask this. You you mentioned the infighting of, of Arkansas over Lane Kiffin. Do you get that sense might happen at Ole Miss at all? No. Okay. I can tell you right now. Some big donors <laughs> who were upset that Matt Luke were gone. Yeah, there were some. I promise you. The Lane stuff starts to gain momentum. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I might be good with that. <laughs> that's true. That happened yesterday. <laughs> I know because I had the conversations. You talked to the people. We weren't talking about Lane Kiffin on Tuesday, and nope. we're certainly talking about him today. So uh, 
something has happened over the past 48 hours. And I can tell you this, and, and you've seen it. Look, we're both on, on Twitter, on social media, and, and we're on the Internet, uh, as the old people might say. There is not a lack of support in the Ole Miss fan base for Lane Kiffin, especially online. No. This could just be Jimmy Sexton doing Jimmy Sexton. He's good, man. He's the best in the business. He had a, quote, bidding war going between Missouri and Ole Miss for Will Healy. Will Healy <laughs> has been at Charlotte for a year. He's three years removed from going 0-11 at Austin Pay. Come on. There was a bidding war between maybe Missouri and Jimmy Sexton. He does the job better than anyone else. <laughs> Oh uh, man, yeah, he he's fantastic at his job. And look, I get the the somewhat disdain for him from fan bases, but hey, man, it's his job. Willie Fritz would be an unbelievably good fit at Missouri. I like that fit. They're not trying to knock it out of the park from a pizzazz standpoint. Willie Fritz, fifty nine years old, six years old. I'm not sure. Fifty nine. Extremely, extremely good football coach. He's just gonna go about his business and win games. I think that'd be a good fit at Missouri. I do know this. If he were to get the Missouri job, Will Hall, if it were Billy Napier, for example, that got hired, would most assuredly not go with Willie Fritz to Missouri if Ole Miss offered him the OC job. I was asked about that earlier today, and my, what I was wondering is, does Napier call plays, or would they let Hall do that? Oh, VR's an OC. The OC's probably calling plays. Okay. I don't think Billy Napier has Hugh Freeze disorder, if that's what you want to go with. <laughs> you think he might delegate some? Yeah. He comes from the Saban tree. Right. There's a strict structure there, as you heard from Ben Love. But what about Lane Kiffin? The person that would know is someone that was formerly on his staff. Back for the second week in a row. Didn't expect it, but here we are. Lane Kiffin is in this. It's C.J. Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive lineman linebacker, and we're going to go to him on the Modern Woodman phone line. But first, a quick word from Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. Joining me on the Modern Woodman Phone Line is former Ole Miss defensive lineman linebacker C.J. Johnson. Back for the second time in as many weeks. I didn't expect it but he was formerly on the staff of Lane Kiffin at FAU. And now that Lane Kiffin has popped up as a serious candidate at Ole Miss, had to bring CJ back. My friend, what's up? Oh, not much, man. Just trying to take care of this baby, man. In a week since I've talked to you, has anything changed in your fatherly life? No, he just eats, sleep, and poop, man. (laughs) About it. It gets better. (laughs) It gets better. Okay, I had Ben Love on to talk about Billy Napier. You're on to talk about Lane Kiffin. I'll start the same way I started with Ben. The Cliff Notes version of Lane Kiffin, head coach now, compared to Lane Kiffin many years ago. Um, I think more into it. Um, you know, I think with Coach um, now, you know, being over with Coach Saban, I think that really uh, changed how he kind of goes about things and um, very, very businesslike. And, um, I mean, I'm, I was just blown away um, by what I heard uh, based off what I saw. Uh, working for coach what was the experience like for you i mean it was great man i mean he i mean he loves ball um he's probably one of the smartest coaches i've ever been around um, i don't think he could ever catch him either he's either watching film or he's reading something um he's always um just busy and just into it and i mean his, his energy is great and the kids love him he's a player's coach um and it's just he's, he's an all-around great football coach and um uh, the kids love being around him 
What's he like in the locker room? You were in those locker rooms, and what was he like with the players and the interactions he had with them? Um, he's more he's he's more uh, kind of up and down. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is is that there's sometimes where he kind of you know tricks those guys into into doing things and kind of you know changing different things. You know, most people are more you know go out and practice. You know, go out there, bust your tail, get it done. You know, he's more you know go out there. But while we're out there, we're gonna have some fun. Um, we're also we're gonna get a lot of things done. Um, and I think that's what separates, you know, a lot of the good coaches, you know, now is keeping the kids engaged, keeping them involved, um, and, and just really letting them enjoy themselves and, and, and you'll get a, you know, a great product on the field. How is he as a delegator? Great. I mean, he's great. I mean, he wants you to get stuff done. Um, he's kind of the guy where, you know, as coaches, um, he's great to work for because he's laid back, but at the same time, uh, if he give you something to do, you need to get it done. Because uh, if you don't get it done, He's going to be asking for it, um, and it's not not good to to not have whatever he's asking for. Operationally, could you tell that being under Saban, there was much more structure as far as streamlined process and what he wanted and the demands, and everybody kind of pulling in the same direction, if you will. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that's the thing about working for coaches that everybody knows their job, um, and, and you're gonna you're gonna have a very detailed description of of what your job is and what you're responsible for. Um, and, and he wants it done in a timely manner. Um, and I think, you know, if you do that, um, he, he'll, he's one of, the, one of the best coaches to work for, for sure. For someone who didn't watch a lot of FAU, how would you describe his offensive philosophy? Offensively, he's going to be uh, more spread, you know, go fast, go tempo um, type deal, slow it down when you have to, um, managing games, uh, being able to run the football, so being able to throw the football, being balanced. And just really attacking, uh, attacking the defense uh, from all angles and making you know uh, everybody defend the field. The number one strength of Lane Kiffin as a head coach now is what? Oh, that's tough. Um, God, I would have to say that he's just—he's so smart, man. I mean, it's just there, there's not many times where our kids weren't prepared uh, going into a football game, just being able to cover every single situation that you can think of. Uh, but just making sure that they're, you know, rested, they're prepared uh, with a practice schedule. Um, in fact, I don't think that was a game we played where we weren't the first team on the field. Um, not only that, we were, we were the most prepared team on the field. Um, I can't really recall any times where our kids come off the field and they go, Coach, I've never seen what they're doing. I mean, it was always, you know, what are you seeing out there? Coach, it's the exact same thing we worked all week. They're going to come back to this play. They're going to do it. I'm going to be ready for it. You know, da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, that's that's great. That's what you know. That's what we're looking for. And um, just they're just so prepared, man. So well prepared for every single game, every single situation um, that we were just ready to play. Um, and I think that's a, you know that's what he's done a great job of is uh, down there is just getting them ready to play. And um, I think being down there, uh, my short time down there, I don't think I've ever been around a group of kids. Uh, as hungry to win. Um, I think he instilled that in them. Um, and, you know, they, they, they work really, really hard. Um, he got that out of them. And, you know, in turn, you're seeing, you know, the, the, the productivity that, that it's having on the football field and off the field. Um, a couple guys in the NFL are doing really, really well. And I'm glad to see him doing well, one particular David Singletary. Uh, I mean, just a great kid, great person, works hard. Um, and he get, you know, gets everything that he deserves and, and you know, he was a guy that we didn't think he was going to be our starting tailback going into the season. And he saw that, how that went. Kid <laughs> rushed for almost 20-some touchdowns. You know, rushed for, I don't know, God knows how many yards. Uh, but just, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, with coaches that he's able to, you know, some guys can't figure that out. You know, he was, he was the guy that figured that out really fast. Hey, we got to get this kid on the field. Um, and the way we practice, you know, he was able to really evaluate them all and, they play the guys that we need to play. Walk me through a typical practice in the season with Lane Kiffin. What would it be like? Uh, let's see. Start out uh, practice. You have flex. Always uh, will be stretched. Uh, we'll probably stretch for a little minute to start practice, um, and then after stretch, we'll go to turnovers. Um, and the funny thing about that is, is that because we have you know guys on offense playing special teams. Uh, there's actually sometimes in the week where he'll say offensive guys, you go over and do the tackling. Uh, defensive guys, you be the ball carriers. 
uh, which is kind of, you know, unique also because defensive guys sometimes they have to, you know, be able to handle the ball with getting an interception or, or picking up a fumble, you know, things like that, teaching them ball security, but also on the offensive side of the ball, being able to have a receiver uh, or a running back also work in tackling, true tackling drills, being coached. Uh, by the defensive coaches and the defensive guys being coached by the offensive coaches, you know, vice versa. That's a great, great period right there uh, for them to get going. And then once we get you know, go from there, we go over the bags where we do a quick bag circuit uh, when they run through the bags, get their blood pumping. And then from there, we usually go into individual, which will split up, uh, have, you know, whatever designated time we have there. And then I think from there, I probably go to inside run where you have the offensive line linebackers, with uh, the defensive line and the linebackers and on the offensive side, because the offensive line tied in, fullbacks, running backs, quarterbacks, such and such, really just working on the run fit part of, of the game while the defensive backs, some of the other quarterbacks, wide receivers are over working, you know, one-on-one pass for a pass, uh, one-on-one passes or, or pass scale to, to some degree or working releases or whatever. And then from there, we go to a team run period, you know, where they where they run the ball a little bit, throw it a little bit, uh, so the defense can kind of stay off balance and be able to get some good quality work. Uh, and then from there, uh, go to the special teams, and after special teams, have a little break, about five or six minutes, and then we'll go back to another special team, uh, knock out some more team stuff. Um, and then uh, another special teams is probably get into some, you know, situational stuff toward the end of practice, whether it's third long, goal line, uh, high red zone, low red zone, uh, move the ball or just put the ball down, let them play, you know, third, third and long, whatever it is, blitz pick up, you know, whatever it is, just there's, there's different situations, two minute, four minute uh, that you kind of work in at the end of, uh, at the end of it all, about a two and a half hour practice. Tell me about Lane Kiffin, the recruiter. Oh, he's great, man. Uh, I, I just, he, he, he is going to shoot you straight. He's been around a lot of really, really good players. He's coached a lot of really, really good players. He's been a lot of around a lot of really, really good coaches. And, you know, you, you feel that about him and you get that sense with him that, hey, you know, he knows what he's talking about. He can get me to where I need to be. He's had, you know, every player in every position go to the NFL and be successful. Um, I just got to listen to him and, and do my job and, you know, trust in, trust in the process. Um, and I think you know when you do that, the results are the results are, are pretty uh, pretty well spoken. If he got the Ole Miss job, do you think he hits the ground running in recruiting? And does he bring immediate name cachet if he is the Ole Miss guy? For sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. From from day one, um, he's gonna he's gonna uh, go out and, and get the guys that uh, grew up against the Alabamas, the Georgias, the LSU's, the Auburns, and expect to be right in the mix uh, for some of those big time players. Tell me about Lane Kiffin as a developer of quarterbacks. Huh. I mean that dude, that it's it's remarkable um, to just sit and watch, um, you know, just him on a day to day basis of uh, staying out there and watch those guys and just being able to coach him up. Um, I think that's it's probably one of his greatest assets is that you know those guys, every guy he's had, he's always been able to get the job done. Um, I even go back and I tell people think about. Uh, the Alabama team with Blake Sims as quarterback. There was no way that, that team with him playing quarterback should have been as good as they were. Um, and Coach Kiffin had a lot to do with that, um, just doing some things that he was really, really good at. He could run the ball, uh, could throw it, you know, down the field a little bit. Um, I think that was something that they did a great job of doing with him is being able to move around the pocket, uh, get him some of those deep throws off play action um, and stuff like that. You know, just being able to all around be able to evaluate his talent on offense and understand what, what he needs to do going forward to be able to attack it um, and be successful. And I think that's why he is as uh, as successful as he's been. Do you think he'd be a good fit, the right fit for Ole Miss? That's tough to say, man, because, you know, when you start talking about the right fit uh, for every job, it's very, very hard to do. Um, I do know he's a great football coach. He's a great program builder. Um, he energizes the fan base, uh, energizes the players, uh, gets the notoriety. I think that's one of the, another little nuance uh, deal part of Coach Kiffin is that, you know, FAU really wasn't as relevant, you know, before he got there. You know, and that was one of one of his deals to no matter what it was, just make sure the FAU was relevant. You know, and I think he's going to do a good job of that. If he is the head coach, 
is to making sure that Ole Miss stays relevant, you know, in a good way, you know, and not in a bad way. Um, and I think one of the main things that sticks out to me, and I think I've told you this before, uh, the first time we talked about Coach, was that one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was we had a meeting with our players. Um, and he's like, guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. He's like, uh, this ain't about me. You know, he's like, this is about you guys. And he's like, I think, he said, I think that's, that's really one of the things that's been lost everywhere I've been is that they've always tried to make it about me, but I've always tried to make it about my players. And I want you guys to understand that, that this is your team. This is not my team. He said, I'm just your coach. Use me to help you guys be successful. He said, but this is your football team. This team is going to be as good as you guys want it to be. Um, and I think just by making that statement uh, early on, that really, really changed the culture um, of how we went about our business. And, and then we were very, very successful. Um, and that's one of the things about him that uh, that I really, really, you know, respected about him was that, you know, to be able to to say that in front of a bunch of 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids, and get them to really understand what you're trying to get them to understand and be able to go out and execute it in the fashion that we did was just it was remarkable. It was one of the greatest, one of the greatest seasons I've had in football period. He's CJ Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, linebacker, back for the second time in as many weeks. I love you, brother. I appreciate you. We'll do it again. No doubt, man. Appreciate it. That was CJ Johnson, former Ole Miss defensive lineman, linebacker. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Colin Brister. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, also available in SoundCloud. And wherever you get your podcast, just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Before I get back to Colin to finish this thing out, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. It's Christmas time, the best time of the year. Time to celebrate with family and friends and maybe just treat yourself or significant other to your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. And there's only one place to stop, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And there's no better time to go. It's year-end clearance time, which means you can save big, big money. They're closing out old models for the new 2020s coming in, so head on over to 2201 East University Avenue that's just past Kroger in Oxford and go get the new Ram 1500, the 2500, a Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, a Dodge Charger, a Chrysler Pacifica. That's in my garage right now. Purchased where? At Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. But there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Cenotopia, and Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. At Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory, and when the time comes for you to drive home in your next car, maybe wrap a bow on top of it, their auto finance team will be standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. They truly have every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how can they best serve you? So give them a call, 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or the address, once more, 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. All right, Colin, before we get out of here, here's something that everybody needs to know. Keith Carter wants to move quickly. What does that mean? I believe strongly that Ole Miss will be announcing a head coach no later than Tuesday of next week. And here's something that hasn't been considered. This weekend is the last time going into next week that Mississippi and Alabama prospects can be contacted. The ones that really matter, like the top 10 in Mississippi. And Ole Miss had zero of the top 10 in Mississippi committed before Matt Luke got fired. So it's not like they lost anybody in that top 10, but the new coach is going to be in an immediate disadvantage because those kids were selected to the miss out game. So those miss out players, when they go and practice that week, cannot be contacted by any school outside of text messages. Hard to win a recruiting battle and win over relationships that have been built for two years through text over a week. And then once they're done, that's when you can go see them again. But what happens the next week? The early signing period is that Wednesday. So you have four days to try to sway McKinley Jackson, whoever, J.J. Pegueese, you name it, to try to come to Ole Miss. So let's think for a second. Any of these three coaches are going to recruit well. But if you're Keith Carter and Mike Norvell turns you down and you have to decide between Billy Napier and Lane Kiffin, 
and you know that that built-in disadvantage is already there, and you're going to have to wait no matter what for these coaches to be done with their games on Saturday. So you can't avoid it. You can't announce them today, tomorrow, to where they can be recruiting for you. So knowing that, is it then an advantage? Does it matter? Do you think it could help, Colin? Something slanting in Lane Kiffin's favor then, as far as splash, that could maybe help you overcome what will be already against the odds recruiting? Oh, that's a great question. Do I think that Lane Kiffin's name cachet is going to supersede a two-year or three-year relationship that, that Pegues has with Auburn? Or, no. Yeah. That, so, yes, I don't think it can hurt. If you're asking me, does it? can it supersede all that stuff, I'm, I'm going to have a tough time buying that. But maybe it helps you with the number seven guy in Mississippi. Sure, 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 sure. If I'm Keith Carter, though, yeah, I got to have a good recruiting class. But, man, I'm just trying to hire the best football coach for the University of Mississippi. If I take a hit in this recruiting class so I can hire the best coach for the University of Mississippi, man, I just do it. And I think what's going to be propped up with a Lane Kiffin or Mike Norvell, even Billy Napier to an extent, is some of those guys that entered the portal or were going to could end up staying. I think Miles Battle's gone no matter what. But maybe a Miles Battle, if you hire Lane Kiffin, all of a sudden wants to come back because he thinks, heck, I can get the ball now. <laughs> but Miles, you have to win at the line of scrimmage first. You have to get separation. That's neither here nor there. But Jonathan Mingo, Dennis Jackson, and Elaine Kiffin offense, we don't know what the offense necessarily would be for Billy Napier. Ben Love talked about it. It's a spread. But we know what Lane Kiffin is. So if Lane Kiffin were to be the hire, should Mike Norvell say no, man, what a shot in the arm that would probably be then for Jonathan Mingo and Dennis Jackson. And even a Matt Corral, John Rice Plumley, Jerry on Ely, they'd have some weapons. And I'm not sure that J.J. Piggy's wouldn't all of a sudden be much more interested and maybe you can get him not, you're not going to get him committed on December 18th, but could you get him to hold off to February and give Lane Kiffin a real shot? That's where it could have an influence. The splash name of Lane Kiffin. That's where it could have a true influence is not necessarily getting kids to commit in the early signing period, but getting them to hold off just to wait. Yeah, that's a really good point, man. I guess we don't we don't want to talk about this, but this early signing period really is, man, I, at some point, this kind of just feels unfair if you're trying to make a coaching change. I think they should move it back a little bit, maybe after Christmas. 70% of prospects across the nation signed in the early signing period last year. That's not good news if you're Ole Miss trying to hire a coach right now. Yeah. But you understand the expediency in which Keith Carter is trying to work, though, because that does play a factor. No... You're not trying to hire a coach based on the recruiting calendar, but you do feel a sense of, I've got to move and I've got to make a play for my guy because that is something that matters. Recruiting is the lifeblood of college football programs. And the bottom line is this, all transition classes turn out to be pretty bad, but they can be salvageable. Here's something I've been thinking about for quite some time. I posed this question in the basketball media press room to Chris Burrows of the AP. They're going to start 2-5 and five, no matter what probably next year. Maybe they win one that they're not supposed to. I doubt it. Matt Luke turns that 2-5 and five into 6-6. Six and six. No one's too excited. Mm -hmm. Billy Napier, Mike Norvell, Lane Kiffin, they do that same thing, 2-5 and five into 6-6. Six and six. Everybody's going to the Liberty Bowl. Oh, it'll be like Birmingham reincarnated. Yeah. And you're going to have season ticket sales through the roof. Doesn't matter who it is. That's my thing with Lane, though, and I think more so with him. Man, you are a Lane Kiffin, and you're taking 20,000 folks to Houston to watch you play a top 15 Baylor team next year. God, um, they opened the season with Baylor. Yeah, it's not the ideal setting, but hey, look, you win the game and you're running. So right now, if Colin Brister was the Ole Miss AD, who would you hire? Lane Kiffin, and I don't really even think about it. I offer him the job tomorrow and see what he says, and I have a deal done and waiting for Saturday for him to get done with his game with, against UAB. Um, if there's a slight chance that Mike Norvell tells me no, I just move on to Lane Kiffin. I'm not getting into a bidding war that I think I probably wind up losing. So I just hire Lane Kiffin and have it done. I'm fascinated to see what happens with Lane Kiffin in Arkansas over the next two days, Thursday and Friday. If there isn't a lot of momentum, that tells me that whether or not Ole Miss is waiting for Mike Norvell or not, that Keith Carter will be able to immediately pivot to Billy Napier or Lane Kiffin once he gets clarity on Mike Norvell after Saturday. And you could see Ole Miss make a hire, I don't know, late Sunday night, early Monday. This always feels to break on Sunday. What do you think the deciding factor between Billy Napier and Lane Kiffin will be for Keith Carter, if you have any idea? 
risk. Okay. You think it's just a, he's got to figure out if it's worth it or not? Yeah. And the way Keith has operated so far, I don't think he'll care about the risk in the end. So you're saying Lane Kiffin's the head coach at Ole Miss? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. <sighs> I had somebody on Twitter say, if Billy Napier is hired as the head coach of Ole Miss, that I am done with my alma mater. Oh, my God. What are you basing that on? That would end it for you. That is the thing out of all of the Ole Miss things that have happened. That would be the thing that did you in? Who does this cat want to hire if Lane goes to Arkansas and Norvell wants to go to Florida State? See, like, that's my deal. If it's not Lane, please, Ole Miss fans, don't do the thing where you shit all over the next guy just because you were so fixated on Lane Kiffin. Like, just because it's not Lane doesn't mean it's a bad hire. Yes. Ben Love made a great point. It's not so long ago that LSU hired Ed Ordron and everybody laughed. Not saying that whoever Ole Miss hires will have the same success as Ed Ordron at LSU, but the point is still the same. There was nothing sexy about Ed Ordron. He was laughed across the board nationally, and he turned out pretty damn good. Hire the guy that you have conviction about, period. And I think Keith is convicted about Mike Norvell. If he doesn't get him, he'll go to the next guy. It might be somebody else tomorrow that enters that top three. Two other guys that enter that top three. It's already changed. Ryan Harson really isn't in this. And I'm telling you, I had it as well-sourced as you could possibly have it. <laughs> Keith Carter really liked Ryan Harson, And if you'd have made me guess on Sunday when the news came that Matt Luke was gone, who the next head coach is going to be right then and there, Ryan Harson. Yeah. Coaching searches are wild. They're fluid. And I hate them. Good for business, though. Terrible for my anxiety. <laughs> Both can be true. This is Ben's Hawk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit, but on Twitter, he's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Leave a five-star review. Say Ben is terrible. Tell me something good. I don't care. As long as it's five stars. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it. We'll do it again. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.